Welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for a new series premiering on Netflix entitled 1899 from the creators of Dark. Been looking forward to this. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, do me a favor, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to send feedback for this roller coaster ride, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave any commentary below. Since this is the first time we are jumping into a new series, let's take a peek behind the curtains. I just want to ask peers, maybe grab a pencil, take some notes. I'm about to drop now. 1899 is a multilingual German epic period mystery science fiction streaming television series created by Jean-Chi Frise and Baron Bo Odar. It premiered on Netflix November the 17th. It has got some pretty positive reviews, but we'll get into that in the reception area. The premise is set in 1899, just as the turn of the new, uh, just at the turn of the new century. The series follows a group of European migrants traveling from London on a steamship named Kerberos to start new lives in New York City. I did not Google the name. I have not done any crazy ass research because I am just going to go with the flow. And then the second time around, just like with Dark. I will, will, you know, pick up (laughs) things that I may have missed, but I am not going to put myself in Westworld whiteboard territory quite yet. The series was written by Janji Frise, Dario Mardrana Lopez, Galejo, Emma Coe, Jerome Buchanan, Buchanan, Nelson, Juliana, Lima, Dean, and Emil Nagard Albertson. Directed by Baron Bo Odar, starring Emily Beecham as Mora, and Narian, I'm not going to be great with these names, Pitts Shimon as Eke Lawson. (laughs) That is the worst name. I'm just going to call him Captain. Miguel Bernardo as Angel. Jose Pimentel as Ramiro. Isabella Wei as Ling Yi. Gabby Wong as Yuk Ji. Jan Gale as Jerome. Mathiel Oliver as Clements. Jonas. Jonas. Bloke as Lucan, as soon as he showed up to the captain, I was like, Jonas? (laughs) Rosalie Craig as Virginia Wilson. Message. Musiel as Oleg. Clara Rossinger as Toby. Lucas Lingard. Tonessen as Crester. Maria Erwalter as Abin. Alexandre Willamu, Willamy as anchor, 
Tino Muse as Sebastian, Isaac Dittler as Franz, Fyfen Edwards as Elliot, aka The Boy, and Anton Lesser as Henry Singleton. And that is the main cast. There is a recurring and a guest. Please look those up on IMDb. I am not going to torture myself reading the rest of those names. But I think we covered most of the people that we did meet in this first episode. Uh, The opening theme is White Rabbit by the Airplane. Oh, man, I'm going to fuck that up. Uh, It's a very great song, though. Um, I've known the song for quite some time now. I've heard it in a lot of other movies and it's used to a pretty great effect here. It's by the airplane something. I wrote it down in my notes. Uh, Jefferson White Plains. I said airplanes. <laughs> I think it's Jefferson Airplanes though. I think I'm correct. Uh, but White Rabbit is that opening song. Uh, used to great effect in the beginning and book barked at the end. The country of origin the series was made is Germany, but there are plenty of languages in this series thus far, which means a lot of reading the subtitles. I'm perfectly fine with that. But with such a huge cast and them now speaking different languages, it's a little bit more ambitious than even dark. There are eight episodes with a running time of 50 to 62 minutes. As stated previously, the reception has been relatively positive, um, praising the performance. There isn't no IMDb or anything uh, like that type of reception or critic reviews at this time. So it's it's still a relatively new series, but... um, There is a lot of praise going towards the casting, directing, cinematography, and the acting, though some have criticized the pace. I'm okay with the pace, and at least in this first episode, I've been okay with it. I can see how there are slower parts, but that is only because A, COVID, and B, (laughs) because you have to, that's one thing I'm learning. Anything that's filmed during COVID, there is a way in which you had to learn to direct while still maintaining those social distance type of uh, protocols because those weren't in effect effect just for the staff, (laughs) you know, the actors. It's for the people working behind the scenes too. So I, I, I am okay with that in the way they have to interject dialogue with maybe not the busiest of scenes as they would like. But I think that the pacing was fine this first episode. And speaking of, let's jump into this recap. Let's go. We begin the episode with a voiceover. The brain is wider than the sky, deeper than the sea. There is a steamship. I thought it was a cruise liner. It looks like a regular old steamship. A pyramid seemingly stuck in ice. One of those scary ass ocean whirlpools. This is the imagery that's flashing over the the voiceover. And all of this flows into the theme of comparative absorption. I feel like we also saw a castle with lights. 
Maura Franklin runs down the hall of a mental institution and addresses the shadowy figure as father, asks where her brother is, as he allegedly now knows what his father's doing on his ships and probably wonders where her memories are that he believes or she believes he hath removed as she is removed from the hallway and given something to make her stop saying all these crazy things. He moves into the light and tells her to wake up, which she does in bed on the ship. The pyramid and the water in her eye was a nice effect or the whirlpool. Set us up pretty nicely into the fuckery that's already going on. Strangely, or maybe not so strangely, uh, depending on the time frame of this, she has bruises on her wrists and finds a newspaper article just tossed casually on the floor, referencing the Prometheus, the ship her brother was on that disappeared four months ago. At one point when the movie Prometheus came out, which I don't think is as horrible as everyone made it out to be as an alien fan. I did it go balls deep into the meaning of Prometheus and I know it has some meaning but do not ask me to recall that in my mind right now it's blank an open letter from Henry her brother who informed her he discovered their father's secret is read and he wanted her to meet him in NYC and to tell or trust no one So it's possible her flashback is a waking nightmare she recently escaped or possibly in the future. We know that timelines are not off the table. Today it is October 19th of 1899 and she, Maura Franklin, is not crazy. Dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. Charles, thank you very much. Dead giveaway. She resides in room 1011. The music is already on point. She walks onto the deck of the steamship and that's when we get the title sequence. I did not break that down either. I will maybe possibly do so. Apparently in dark, they used to break down the scenes in the beginning, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm thinking of and I don't want to, like, I I like to do all that stuff on the back half. The first half, I just want to, I just want to crew. I just, you know, or I listen to other podcasts to do that for me. <laughs> I'm just giving you my couch review. The ship is the title of this first episode, by the way. Did I say that or even give a score? I don't think I did. But the ship w- is, of course, written by John G and directed by Baron. And I gave it a 9.7 out of 10. I thought it was intriguing. This whole entire first episode that I already got 17 fucking notes on so you will be getting everything that I at least picked up on in the engine room two workers discuss the missing Prometheus when one of the machines run out of runs out of coal and Oleg is sent to fix it I'm pretty sure they called him Polak or Polak and it's derogatory because he's Polish I had to see the cast to know that his name is actually Oleg and he introduced himself as such. He dreams of America as he is upstairs near the call and hears a noise, but he uh, is able to pull the lever 
and not scare the rest of us. Lucian is barely listening to his wife drone on and on and on about the chances of a ship sinking twice from the same company since they are on the same or a ship that belongs to the Prometheus um, shipyard. Can't think of any other (laughs) vessel like terms. (laughs) He's distracted by the geisha over there saying i don't understand why they need so many knives her companion tells her just pretend eat as quickly as possible and let's get the fuck out of here mora makes her way to the dining area where angel in spanish talks major shit loudly and for no reason she is forcibly joined by an upstart heifer whose name I did not catch and tells her that she is doing her a favor since a woman traveling alone can cause rumors and by the way I heard you was a doctor are you a doctor what did you study as a doctor she admits that she studied the brain her companion replies bitterly but with a lot of truth that they show you the world and tell you you can't have it pointing out the ship's doctor who is an absolute idiot she isn't keen on men being afforded the world just by having a dick and i can't cannot uh hold any grudges against her feelings she also thinks everyone is running away from something including mora so thinking as Mora does, that the mind is this fascinating landscape to be unlocked and deciphered. She rebuttals that people are really dull as dishwater and miserable. A man comes in asking for a doctor. This is our crester for his sister, but he is tossed out for being a peasant. They tip their hat to a lady, but don't ask what she's doing there. That was Franz. It's like, look, I'll chuck you overboard if you come up up to first class once again. They're even locked in the lower class people so that they could not possibly. How did he even get the fuck out? Uh, He then goes down or she goes down to the lower class section to find a sister in painful labor with only a child helping her with information necessary to help. Like how far along is she? She's seven months. She thinks that something might be wrong with the baby, that it's possibly dead. Crestor is chastised for bringing help and Anchor is told to do something as this other woman shouts hysterically that the person that's coming that says she's a doctor, well, she didn't actually announce that shit, but he's like, I went to go get help and she seems to know what she's doing. Why would you assume that she's going to kill what she calls God's child? Put your faith in the light. She is able to successfully unwrap the umbilical cord around the child and the pain subsides with Crestor ignoring her scars and just thanking her. I thought that that was impressive. I've never seen that before in television. I wonder if it's accurate. It probably is. It turns out someone was hiding in them coals, a black man named Jerome, who's clearly a stowaway as he steals articles of clothing from a nearby room. Room 2101, 
I'm keeping track of this because they keep showing it to me. Lucian is disinterested in his wife sexually as well as socially. And he says, look, we married as an arrangement. He's pissed off. She's trying to console him. It's like, fuck this. I know that you are putting on this pretentious act. You got what you wanted. We don't need to pretend anymore. And at first I was like, damn, I'm on her side. Like, don't say she's lying there like a dead fish, which she was. But that's how they mama teach him how they supposed to do. But then she gives that smirk once she's alone. And I'm like, okay, maybe you are a cunt. Mara is approached by the pregnant girl's sister. She's saved. And though she can't speak Danish, the girl does want to be a doctor like her. She asks if she has children, but says she can't have any. When she touched her belly, she sees a bug that later comes into play. Don't know what that's all about. But I really like the the realistic aspect of having people of different ethnicities being a having to actually communicate with each other because actually that is the story of humanity i mean through trade people just rode up on your shores and they had to find a way to interact with each other to both get what they wanted out of a transaction and that came by trying to understand by communication even if you didn't speak the same language you were able to find a way to understand each other and it's one of the best things I liked about that series. Oh man, it's been a while. It's a zombie series that was on Netflix as well. And there was a character who spoke nothing but Japanese. And while no one knew exactly what she was saying, she had like maybe two to three words of English. She was able to effectively communicate and get through several situations over a large period of time just based on you know, the fact that she was a human being. <laughs> Something we should all go back and reflect on. She begins to have a panic attack, rejected Crester's payment of a cross, and seeing the pyramid and her time restrained and injected runs off. Weird necklace that she has. The captain who likes to drink sees that she's been down in the lower classes. And that guests are not to fraternize with the peasants. But she remarks that the rules are made. But for whose benefit? He receives news of a signal from possibly the lost Prometheus. While the map shows they are only 18 knots from the lost ship. Even though it should be north instead of south. He uh, orders his first officer to turn around. So that they can follow up on the lost ship, even though the first officer is steadfastly not inclined. Oh, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. We are talking about a time where people are still relatively still religiously zealous and superstitious. And thus, I can I can totally see why so many people and I get it as well because you're out in a place that is still unknown and that is brought up in this episode through commentary Oleg the only one asking questions in the engine room is like why are we turning around we just do what we're told Angel acts more like a devil to his priest brother 
who tells him to ask God why he's a wolf and his brother is a sheep. He's like, they're turning the ship around. He turned bitch real quick when he thought that they were turning back. Pregnant Toby is awoken by her sister. And she also tells him, we're going to go look for the lost boat because we got a signal. She wonders if they're going to find shadows of sinners there like that story Moby Dickie was telling me about. And she's like, that's nonsense. Also, don't bring that shit up around mom and dad. <laughs> Mara is back in her room, still looking at the, the letter she probably looked over about a million times. On the envelope, it says, what is lost will be found. She goes to see the captain who is drinking, reminiscing about a family portrait inviting herself into the room like her friend so apparently white privilege is catching and despite dismissing her at the end he really does answer all her inquiries yeah we're going to go see if we gonna get the ship and this that and the other thing oh okay why are you interested i'm not answering that well you can get the fuck out of here <laughs> But then I was like, holy shit, the captain has the same envelope addressed to him. Another one. I don't know what that means, but we got ourselves a connection. Mrs. Wilson, that's what her friend's name is, comes to visit the geisha, but speaks to the assistant and tells her, I thought I made it clear when y'all was talking that you are not to speak. So they are somehow under her control and they are not to communicate in public. The captain, in an hour as he stated, addresses everyone in the dining area and tells them why they turned the ship around, even though everyone was already thinking about this. It was a topic of conversation, already surmised it, but he they're most distressed or more distressed about the fact that they're going off course and they paid money to have a nonstop steamship to New York City. To which he replies, I don't give a shit. He walked away like, what y'all gonna do, swim? Or are you gonna do what the fuck I said and it's already happening, so why are we even having this conversation? Lucian, is it Lucian or Lucan? I can't remember. Lucian could have been all three with that French accent. Oh my God. I'm going to France. I'm gonna be taking a day trip there when I go back to London. And I'm going to try my best not to just sit in front of the Louvre with my legs open. <laughs> like, uh, put a bag over your head. Don't even, don't even, don't even need to see you. Just start talking. Uh, but Lucien got anxiety or Parkinson's, or a drug habit, all three are a possibility. And isn't keen to be speaking to his wife, who for some reason keeps chasing him around. Leave this man alone. The stowaway finds Olick, Jerome is his name, and he isn't bothered at all that he is somewhere he isn't supposed to be. He's just hungry, and when Olick offers the bread, they become best friends. Mara and the captain find themselves back on deck while everyone else is eating as the conversation is either repetitive on the fall of the empire, weather, or gossip. So much so that even he knows that she used to practice medicine, but apparently there are rumors out there about him too. 
he says humanity has discovered every part of the world except what's in the depths of the deep blue sea and we need to leave that shit alone i have no doubt that there are monsters down there okay you don't need to convince me every time people talk about space i'm like we don't even know what the fuck is down below the oceans man let's leave that stuff alone he is feeling explorative right now though because he doesn't know what they will find but he plans to try to find it they do find the ship momentarily as it's announced a red flare is sent up and i did love the cinematography here and the first mate once again counsels caution i find your lack of faith disturbing of course mara says i want to go because you might need a doctor and it was relevant so i couldn't even be mad at her and apparently so is the priest as angel tells his brother who isn't a priest and isn't really named romero either to go with them because they think that seeing a man of god will calm them (laughs) after their ordeal and maybe it would his superstitious officers though when they find jerome and olick aren't about going anywhere near that ship because the sea is calm and it knows when death is nearby so he says fuck it you guys over here that i don't know at all can come with me and that nasty friends is it friends or fronds probably it's fronds hands down the creepiest scene in the episode goes to angel this shit took a turn so quickly he's just smoking thought he'd be worried about his brother on a boat somewhere out there on the deep blue sea at night crester who apparently just hangs out wanting to be rich <laughs> as for a smoke there's a language barrier as neither understand each other but he makes the sign for smoke he walks over takes the smoke out lights it hands it over then shit got real predatory as he remarks and touches upon the scar on his face saying that it suits him run bitch run his eyeballs as he was watching him run away you better never ever cross this man alone on a dark a dark deck the minute jerome is picked instead of franz he puts hands on him not once but twice now and jerome ain't no bitch get back motherfucker you don't know me like that get back motherfucker you don't know me like that geek, geek. i ain't playing around make one boss move i take it down get back motherfucker you don't know me like that i thought he was gonna say i've been working here 12 years this man does not work here but instead it was all about rank <laughs> i'm like what also how do you not know that this man does not work here you just assume he's black so he must be here and work here <laughs> the captain at least explains he believes there has to be survivors because why else would there be a signal that's sent and apparently this isn't like something you could put on repeat apparently but how long ago because that's what i was thinking the first officer is informed the signal sending the coordinates on the other ship stopped and must mean someone is alive right but the first mate he still ain't about this life this is the end beautiful friend this is the end the assistant to the geisha 
who is in Agasia, tells her to practice her Japanese and that they only pretend or need to pretend for a little while longer. They start talking some cult shit and I don't know what's going on with that. Is she not Agasia? I don't know what's going on with this scenario. Meanwhile, making it to the bridge, they find our group that made it over to the Prometheus that the telegraph was destroyed. Nope. Someone climbs aboard the Keker or Kerberos that ship, and I'm like, did that motherfucker just swim over? Mora follows a familiar bug to a bared or bard chest with a little boy inside. The rest of them are pussies. They was all like, um, I don't think you should open it. And it's not that I judge them too harshly for being pussies, but anytime a woman's like, I'll do it. That's when as a man, you're supposed to be like, well, I can't be showed up by, by her bravery, her courage. And I'm going to just be a coward. But <laughs> all of them were like, the only person I even see that halfway Working with his Jerome, like I don't know none of y'all bitches. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere near nothing like that, cause that's what my mama told me when I was little. The soak stranger, they love having just strangers. Stops at room one oh one one, which of course is Mora's room, and using the same bug is able to unlock the room next door to hers, which is one oh one three. The episode ends with the creep factor at a thousand when the kid presents Mara with that familiar looking pyramid as White Rabbit plays. I am thoroughly all in. Of course I am because the creators of Dark has shown me that they are really great storytellers and I want to to uh unveil this story some have already binge watched all eight episodes i'm like damn man come on i can't do all that i got i got kids i gotta watch on the weekend (laughs) but we are going to be doing this uh as quickly as we can as we also still have titans and and uh i am going to be starting midnight club too this month so we shall see we shall see we do have feedback, so let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker! Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for the season premiere, series premiere of 1899. Um, yeah, <laughs> on this one, as a... Uh, we discovered when you sent out the uh, trailer is a is from the creators of dark so to say i went into this <laughs> knowing that um i was going to be confused as hell was is an understatement so i went in with the expectation of being that i was going to be confused and not know what's going on and obviously it's the first episode of a series so they're setting up everything that we are to experience along this journey so yeah 
that still didn't <laughs> change the fact that I was indeed confused as hell, but intrigued. Um, that's my word um, <laughs> that I like to use for uh, stuff that I am interested in exploring. And, uh, you know, Dark was uh, amazing. I missed that show. And so I'm very excited to delve into another show created by um, those um, those creators. So, yes. And so, I mean, we start off um, being introduced to a bunch of characters who appear to be escaping their past or escaping something um, and heading to a new, better, if some people believe, future in New York. And so um, everyone is... <laughs> Well, not everyone of the characters that we're coming to know have these unknown past that I'm very interested in finding out about and seeing what's going on. And I feel like some stuff ties into other stuff. This is not random because it's just so it's just so I don't I don't know what the word is, but it's like I mean, the fact that they're all escaping and. It's like, what exactly are they escaping? It's going to be fascinating to find out. And we get, um, of course, this is how, I mean, we saw this in, uh, only we, I'm not going to say we. I saw this um, one uh, in the Titanic movie about the classes. You know, you got the, the first class up in the, um, in the better parts of the ship. And then you got... Those that are uh, low, lower class that are, you know, making their journey in the more unsophisticated parts of the ship uh, and they separate them um, unless you're working because I'm sure some of them work up as waiters and cooks and stuff like that. But they're um, relegated to the lower portions of the ship. Um, we meet a few of those people, um, Olick and Jerome, some Jerome came out of the blue somewhere. I mean, that seemed to be the theme too. People just coming out of the blue. And so that's gotta be a horrible way to uh, earn your keep or own your, earn your way to, um, a better life is being down there at the bottom in a furnace like areas you know feeding the ship's fuel so we got to see that um we're introduced to mora franklin um which is i mean she's a fascinating character she's got these bondages so it looks like she's been or in, like she was in some type of it appears as if she was maybe unwillingly um in some type of an institution um, judging from the bondage marks and just a little bit of flashes that we saw um, has to do with maybe they were trying to, you know, um, cure her of her desire to be a doctor. I don't know, because uh, they were saying in this episode about um, how they're not allowed to be doctors. Women weren't allowed to be doctors and maybe her father saw this as a sin and was trying to beat it out of her or something i don't know i mean that would be interesting to find out we saw her go down there to the bottom of the ship to help out with a pregnant um girl down there 
And that, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that has to be um, such a horrible, horrible situation back in the day because there wasn't a lot of alternatives. Um, if your baby was breached, um, it's either do that, if, you know, if they discovered that the baby's breached because there's no such thing as in today's, you know, they try to wait and see if the baby is going to change positions and then there's the option of, C-section that wasn't anything of the sort back then. So, which babies usually meant, you know, uh, a baby dying at birth, sometimes a mom as well, because, yeah, that's not the best way to give birth, as we all know. So, then we get Lucien and uh, his wife. Uh, I forget her name, but... Um, yeah, they they got their little story going on in arranged marriage and they're quote unquote on their honeymoon. And I was like, ew. I mean that is I that is how they did things back in the day, I guess, is have sex fully clothed. But in this case it didn't seem like they have a liking for one another, at least on Lucian's end. I mean he doesn't even want her to touch him. So that's gonna be an interesting story. Uh, we see old, um, the captain, whatever his name is, uh, a.k.a. Jonah from Dark, the older Jonah, I should say. Um, am I saying it right? Jonas? Is it Jonas or Jonah? Whatever. Um, so we see him. Um, he has his own backstory. We saw a picture of, uh, looks like his family, his wife and three daughters. So there's a story behind that. He's got his face is all scarred up, so he's been through some things. And it's funny how he's still playing this very man of few words type of character. Um, so that's gonna be interesting. And we see that him and um Mora received the same type of letter. That's um what was it saying? That um what is lost will be found. So that's not ominous whatsoever. And then we have the Prometheus, the ship that was abandoned, I mean, that was missing for four months that they come across with this mysterious uh, coordinates that were given to them. And then they go into this place, um, this haunted ship, because I'm like, the thing is creepy as hell. I mean, even though it's been four months, I don't think the ship should look like that after four months, but that's just me. And then there's no passengers on board. Like, where are all the passengers? Then we find this mysterious boy um, that has this little thing. And I'm like, oh gosh, this is... <laughs> and then we got a mysterious man that somehow climbs aboard the um, the uh, the ship while they're all over there. And gets uh, some the bug to open the door so that he can be in the room next to Mora. So I'm like, that's not creepy as hell. Um... We got um, the brothers, Mrs. Wilson, the um, so a bunch of um, characters that are all on this ship with mysterious uh, backgrounds and mysterious motives about them. And um, then we got this haunted ship <laughs> and that mysterious thing with that. So a lot to uncover, a lot to understand 
Um, I'm in, like I said, I'm intrigued. I'm interested to know what rabbit hole this show is going to take me down because I know that it will. Um, I'm just, I mean, I just, for the life of me, I don't even know what direction this thing is going in. Um, some supernatural entity uh, did something and it's going to do something to their ship, I'm guessing. Um, so I don't know. So, and that's the beauty of it. We don't know and we can continue to watch and find out. So that's all I got for this one. I think I've covered everything that I wanted to talk about. Just very curious <laughs> how where this the show what direction the show is gonna take us in. So um that's all I got. Until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, shy. Thank you, Queen Shy, with your thoughts on the episode. I don't have much to add, but I think you have some interesting observations. I also very much do not have any like I, I I didn't walk away from this episode with some solid ideas or theories or anything. So I'm I'm riding the wave. <laughs> I thought Lucian though, because you stated that she, you know, he seems more disinterested in her, you you could definitely be right. I could see that. But I, I just got this indication that maybe he was in his feelings and he actually had genuine ones and she does not. And he doesn't want her, you know, playing this role with him. Like it, it offends him because he's invested versus if I saw any other man, they'd be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck if you like it or not. <laughs> this is about me anyway. <laughs> And yeah, they would have sex with their wife with their with their clothes on. Absolutely 100%, especially if they were upper class. And the last bit of commentary I have is it was pointed out something was not right there. So there should definitely be bodies and they know that things aren't as they, they should be because there's no one around, but someone sent the SOS, but the machine is broken. How could that possibly be? But I... We'll look forward to hearing your commentary as the journey unfolds itself. We do have feedback from Queen Mimi coming in under the gun there. I see you. I see you. I see you. I know you've been busy, though. And you know me well enough to know, like, about at 6 p.m. yesterday when you didn't see a podcast out, like, she is not recording today. <laughs> so let's hear her thoughts on the pilot. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. Uh, this is my feedback for the new show we're doing, um, 1899. Um, I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm already in a rabbit hole and there's no rhyme or reason. Um, I convinced myself I have evidence, but you know, um, I think knowing that it was the creator's of dark <laughs> has got my mind already fucked <laughs> and I um I I'm obsessed <laughs> I feel like this is gonna be really good um I recognize the one actor um at, from dark um and there's another actor in it the one he, he plays Miguel he's in a show that I watch called Elite um and it is a Spanish I actually like they're from I think they're in Spain so this is the first time I've heard him speak English 
pretty sure he plays the English dub version of himself uh, when they do the English over. I know you are the type that likes to have the people speak their native language and you read subtitles. I really wish I could do that, but I don't read fast enough for me to ever get through an episode with subtitles. I have tried. Um, I can barely do it when I'm watching a movie in English and, you know, it's maybe from a, like, we're going to the point of view from a person from another country. I just don't read fast. Um, I love to read. Um, it probably, it, me reading slow is probably uh, stems from me not getting into reading until I was an adult. Um, I was really shy and I didn't tell people I was having problems. So it really put me behind, but that's neither here nor there. I listen to the English dub overs and uh, Darren always gets irritated because it's like the mouths don't match what they're, like the words don't match what they're saying. I got to look past this is all I got. But I'm glad that um, <laughs> this is in English because, or at least it looks like it, their mouths match everything. So I'm pretty sure it's in English unless I've come I've grown so accustomed to not realizing that people's mouths don't match that I can't see it. I'm like 90% sure their mouths match. This is, this is English. Anyway, um, so I'm just going to go to the things that I remember that stood out to me. The first thing I want to talk about is um, our pregnant teenager. Um, if this is really 1899, is that normal? I, I don't. I don't know history, and I don't want to pretend like I know. Um, the family's just, you know, going to New York with a pregnant teen. Is that is that their way of escaping? Did something happen to her? Are we going to find out? But I will say the little sister, the youngest, <laughs> why she acts the grownness? Like, the, the older brother and the pregnant sister, like, don't get me wrong, a pregnant sister isn't, like, immature or anything like that. But between the older son and the little girl, the little girl seems more mature than the older boy who just randomly asks a rich stranger for a cigarette. You know you're not even supposed to be up there. You ain't learned your lesson. You can get your ass tossed off the boat. And ain't nobody going to fucking be able to do anything about it. Um, the other thing that I uh, am very intrigued about, I... I mean, it actually actually makes sense that, you know, women could study to be doctors, but they couldn't actually practice because clearly men didn't want, you know, they didn't want us to upstage them. And I'm sure that's what happened. And um, I'm curious to know if that's how it was with people of color. Um, I know, I don't know how, you know, there were people that, you know, be, clearly there was the first black you know, male doctor, black female doctor, but you know, with all these exclusions, Jim Crow and all that stuff, I am curious to know how you would go around about that. And a person that can, you know, get the material for being a doctor, take all the exams, pass everything, but you don't think they're capable of being a doctor is asinine. Like I, I remember reading like back in the day what their excuses were for not letting women get educations and it was so fucking stupid you know if you know they, they wouldn't be able to give birth their uterus will fall out you know their mind would explode because they can't there's no way you can learn stuff and you know when you're you're bearing when you're supposed to be bearing children you can't be pregnant and study that's impossible 
Lord. Um, um, that was very interesting. I do get the vibe that the captain, his in his drunkenness, is hiding something. I think he also has someone that was on a Prometheus that he is um, trying to find. Um, I even want to say it's as far as maybe his family. I don't know if maybe he was supposed to be on that ship and something happened and now he's not and his family's on it. So that's why he was so determined because it seems like nothing about the when they rolled up to the Prometheus seemed like a good idea. Everything about it seemed like a terrible idea. Like there was no sign of life. There was no lights on. There was nothing. Um, and he was determined. We know that the, the, the female, the Tyler character, the doctor, that she has a brother. Um, and I'm going to write notes next time because I'm going to get these people's names down. And I'm, and I'm going to start writing my theories down so when it, when it, you know, if it doesn't happen, I know, okay, that's not it. That's where sometimes I'll be like, oh, I thought that I said that. And then I'm like, well, maybe I didn't. I'm going to have proof this time. Anyway, back to um, the Prometheus. Um, it looked like, I know they kept saying, like, they kept drilling in our head that it's been four months. The decay and everything on that ship looked more than four months. Like, it looked, like, rusted and crusted. Like, really, like, it, it's been a long time. Um, that's when the theories started coming out with me um, going the dark, talking about, oh, the ship time traveled. It jumped through time, and then it... Everybody perished. But then we saw the, the little boy. First of all, if I, if I saw a ship like this, then I saw that creepy-ass little boy come out of the cabinet, ain't nothing he can give me that would make me want to hold it. Like, nah, sweetheart, you keep, you keep that. Why don't you hold on to it for me until we get you to this safety? You is not about to give me no black, weird-ass pyramid, pyramid that you have wrapped up in a cloth after you came out of a closet that you've been locked in for presumably four months and how are you alive sir I don't know that everything about that I know white people be doing some silly things there is that one black dude on the on the ship and he sure was quick to go he probably was like look if I don't go they don't think I don't work here let me let me do what I gotta do he was better than me because I would have rather jumped off the ship take 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 my chances this is 1899 so I'm just curious, trying to understand why they didn't ask for his papers, because I feel like that would have been something they would have said. Um, these people are going to New York, so maybe they're not American. Maybe they're British. I, I, I'm sure they said it. I wasn't really paying attention. I don't remember. Um, the other thing, you know, the one, like the, the guys that's down in the, you know, throwing the coal in the fire to get the ship to move like they seem to be somewhat important but what is the name Olak I don't know why I remember Olak and Jerome those only two names I remember but I'm curious about these two because it seems like we know the black dude shouldn't have been on the ship but it seems like Olak shouldn't have been on the ship either so now I'm curious um stowaways is what I'm assuming maybe a little more um what else? Um, there was the guy that came out of the water and went into a room. It looked like he was going to 1101. No, no, no. 11. 
1011, and then he ended up going in 1013. He had the little beetle. It makes me think of the mummy, those beetles that the guy thought were jewels, and then it ended up cracking out and going through his skin. So I don't know if that's the same thing, but that's immediately what my mind went to, because the mummy is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I can relate like things to that very easily. Um, I think that's all I got. Sorry for my rambles. Um, I'm thinking, you know, the the Tyler character. No, I don't even know if she's a Tyler character. The main character, the redhead girl. Um, she is looking for her brother clearly, and it looked like she might have been did a stint in a mental institution. So she's probably having some PTSD. Um, oh, and then really quickly, the lady that sat with her after she, like, she was like, I know you don't want me to sit with you. Like, so, bitch, why are you here? And then for her to, like, go to, like, the Japanese uh, lady and was like, I saw you talking. Like, I was like, as soon as she said that, I was like, I knew I didn't like that hoe. I just fucking knew it. She, anybody that just voluntarily sits their ass down like she could have had the decency to pretend like she couldn't tell the girl they want her to sit there but she fucking knew like leave me alone i don't want to be by you i would rather be alone and lonely than to talk to you and that was obvious in her in her approach and how, how she was so quick to get away from her with like oh let someone needs a doctor let me get the hell out of here i don't want to be around you uh, i'm very curious uh, to see you know, the girl is, she, she's dressed up in, as a geisha, but she doesn't even speak Japanese. So I'm very interested in her as well. And I can't wait to see what's happening in these couples uh, that we, you know, these side couples. The priest and Miguel clearly did some dirt. Um, the married couple hate each other. And then we got the geisha and her, uh, I'm... I'm starting to think maybe that's her mom or something and not her, um, I don't know what they call it, handmaid or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to have the story unfold, and I can't wait to jump into the next episode. So um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic, queen of the couch, bring me out, and have a happy Halloween. I am thankful to you and your podcast, and I'm thankful that, you know, this has been going for some years, and I've made some really close friends because of it. So I, I did want to say that before I let you go. Um, can't wait to hear what you guys think of this show. So until next time, bye. Thank you, Queen Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. So Shy also asked, and I didn't answer. But yes, most doctors did not practice medicine if you were a female you could learn about it but you could not practice it because women were not allowed to work if you were of a certain class and then even if you were of the lower class and you were working you know there there's certain it's all about society and reputation and it's so stupid and yes that's where where women's woes have been for quite some time now and are just now starting to in the 20th century actually get some progress in the 20th fucking century so all of those centuries before we still were fucked up i mean i know that a lot of women particularly white women want to want to slide that line ac 
cross the line of oppression, as Bill Burr, Bill Burr, can't say words, has stated to try to put their asses first. But shit, black people and black women have also been suffering just as much and harsher. So it's not, it's not your turn. Okay, you can get it too. We can do this together. We could take many steps. But no, it's, it's, you know, you still got further along in the last fucking years. You start getting shot in the fucking street. So I, I get it. I get the feminist movement. I just need y'all to chill. Some of y'all, the white feminists anyway. For an immigrant, no, it would not be weird. I mean, I don't know the situation. I can't say that necessarily. But lower status you are, the less people care about, you know, if she came from a good home and she got pregnant and knocked up. Well, yeah, she might be considered soiled goods, maybe even get a, a black mark against her, so on and so forth. But she seems to be with her family. We don't know if she was previously married. Maybe she has a husband somewhere. I don't I don't know as much about her situation, but it's not out of the norm, uh, particularly women married or got pregnant. You know, usually it's about 18, 19 when they would have been getting married. If you get pregnant around that age, yeah, you would be with your parents because there's really no one else you would have to even help you. Uh, she would either have to put her baby up at a baby farm, put it in an orphanage so that she can work uh, or try to take care of it with leaving it with family. But that doesn't necessarily you're automatically ostracized from society or kicked out. Now, if you were of an upper class, that would be a different situation, even though you'd still have some of those options. Uh, yes, woman, I already mentioned that comment could learn but not practice most doctors did suck have very little education and were able to practice medicine i mean all you had to do was have the right amount of contacts and you can get into certain universities i think it started taking getting a little bit more seriously taken seriously in the 18th century a black person practicing medicine not as common unless you were patronized uh, patronized, not patricized. Is that the right word? <laughs> you had a patron, someone who paid for you. And that, that wasn't necessarily uncommon either, but you would see it more in the country or other areas where there would be more of a mixed variety. You have to also keep in mind that the lower class, um, and the and black people, yeah, there might have been some certainly racism between the two classes, but their situations were relatively uh, the same. Even as free blacks, you're on the same social class standard and many would have probably and since getting a doctor, someone who would do something or be aware of how to practice medicine, you would take whatever the fuck you could get. And most of them would be leeching you anyway. So it's really rather sad that the ones that are actually educated. I don't know if there were a lot of practicing black doctors. I haven't come across. I mean, yeah, actually, there were some, I believe, from what I was reading for Jones history. But uh, I don't have a lot of reference to pull from. I do know that most medicine in other countries like India or Native American or Native American culture 
or in African culture, they used a lot of herbal remedies, which is why their medicine was 10 times more effective. It's because it was based on trial and error versus, I don't know what the fuck the Europeans were doing. They're just like, yeah, we're gonna throw some shit together and, and see if it, we're just gonna say that's what it is. But they're like, didn't think to like update their shit until <laughs> years later even when someone came out it was like yeah you know this is washing your hands i've done an actual constructive experiment to prove a thesis that washing your hands is better for people than using your soiled dirty hands and putting it in in, in holes all over people's bodies and people were like you're fucking crazy man get out of here uh i think you're correct that they there's a lot of people with secrets and that those two brothers definitely did some dirt he might molest men the way he went after crester i'm like geez that that turned and he's been saying like i'm a piece of shit i know i'm a piece of shit and i'm gonna keep acting like a piece of shit but i didn't think he was that i thought he was just rich and entitled I think that Mora and I think that you're also correct that the captain may have had his family on the Prometheus. He certainly is ignoring and taking more of a risk than he even needs to because the first mate's correct. We have somewhere we needed to be. Yes, we had a due diligence to go out and see. Uh, sure, we can see if there's some some uh, survivors if we're given that but at the same time he seemed to be already steadfast in that direction before he even located the boat he recognizes the same in mora so they have their own little missions that they can see and i think definitely his family is is a good with the ribbon that's a good guess and that is the conclusion of this feedback and this episode this week once again blackcouch at gmail.com my social media will be below until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. <laughs>